somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today because we have a lot to cover today. Um, There's a lot of news stories that have come out just in the last 24 hours. It's amazing how fast the the news cycles change. I mean, it's just hard to keep up with it. You know, I I have a, a show, you know, when I do a show... It's obsolete in two days. You know, you talk about never, ever, ever able to run a rerun and take a day day off, you know. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, those days are, I remember when that used to happen all the time. It's, it's not the case anymore, really. Reruns is a rarity because you just can't keep up with the news. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things we're going to touch upon today is... Uh, the two standards of justice, and we're going to talk a little bit about John Eastman. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about this Hunter Biden. Uh, well, Joe Biden leaving a message to Hunter Biden and this tape uh, that's come out that proves what we've known all along. You know, that's the trouble with being on a conservative side here. You know, we've been talking, you know, and this show, I think, has been very exceptional with respect to being on the forefront and our accuracy accuracy rating, um, I'm quite proud of it, actually. Um, I think we've been right a lot. Um, so, you know, a lot. Of, and and we've, we've, we've said a bunch of things um, in terms of analysis that have been a lot different than what the mainstream media is talking about. I think Tucker Carlson's done a, a great job. He's been on fire in the last year. Um, but there, there's a lot of uh, different things going on, even within the conservative movement. A lot of changes being made. And that's interesting, too. You've got to keep your eye on that ball. Um, because it's really, uh, it's really kind of um, a smoke and mirrors type of psyop. You know, but it's not intentional. It's just sort of like everybody's sort of seeking their own opportunities. It's sort of 
maybe one of the negative byproducts of capitalism um, that, you know, all kinds of different uh, media personalities say and do anything to gain clicks or attention in order to help them get money or whatever it is. But, you know, um, I think we've stayed pretty true to, uh, you know, well, we have stayed 100% true to our truth. And, uh, and it's coming, come, you know, sometimes it comes at an expense too, but, uh, we don't care, right? We're not, we're not in it for, we're, this is not a get rich quick, uh, kind of deal here. It's not what we're in it for. Um, we get, we, you know, we do our, we, we get our revenue from other streams. Um, in any case, um, you know, so there's the Hunter Biden thing and then there's the, uh, Democrat racism, uh, toward Clarence Thomas. They're treating Clarence Thomas poorly to say the least. And, and the question is, why are they not going after Justice Alito who wrote the opinion on Roe? But they want to go after Clarence Thomas. Is it because he's black? Uh, I'm just wondering. Just asking for a friend. You know, the Democrats have a track record of segregation, of intolerance, of exa- uh, complete meanness. They're vile and mean. They burn things, they tear things apart, they break windows. You know, and then you look at the conservative rallies, and with the one exception of J6, and look at what they've done to make you pay for that. And, and then to top it all off with J6, the fact of the matter is, is that that was in, not an insurrection. It was a the insurrection is a big fat lie told by Liz Cheney and, and Nancy Pelosi. The Democrats, let's just say. But it's a big fat lie. Now, I will say Liz Cheney's coming out supporting, uh, coming out against red flag laws. Interesting. I think. Um, and hopefully that doesn't sway the voters in Wyoming to, you know, not primary her out um, because she's an absolute fool. But here's the thing. Um, you have, um, oh, where is it going with that? Um, so, so you just, you have, I forgot, I lost my train of thought. Um, but the, the racism on the left is just uncanny. You know, this uncle Clarence Thomas thing is trending and they're not going after Alito. But if you're if you're if you're on the wrong side of Democrats, they're mean, they're vicious. You know, Black Lives Matter, a Marxist group that hates America. They're racist. It's just reverse racism, but it's still racism. You know, and that's the whole thing about this equity thing that bothers me so much. Um, when we take a look at uh, when we take a look at. Uh, you know, the shows that we watch on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or, you know, we take a look at these shows and we know that we're being gaslighted. I told you a couple of weeks ago 
I was going to watch this series on, it was AMC Plus or something like that. And um, and it turned out that this, this guy was gay and, and then whatever, you know. And, and I'm like, okay. It's like every single thing that I turn on, someone's gay. And I'm like, when the population for homosexuality is about 6%, last I checked. Now, that number could be fudged, changed, whatever. I, I have no idea. But what I'm tired of is I'm tired of this gaslighting. And the gaslighting, we're seeing it play out in a lot of different ways because it's an equity thing, too. You know, this whole equity thing. And then you take a look at corporate sponsorships and what it's all about. And what it's about, I think, more and more, and we're starting to see it sort of in more clarity. And Donald Trump was right, but we're starting to see it in more clarity with respect to um, this abortion issue. The abortion issue is kind of revealing. Forget about the issue of abortion for just a second. Take, it, take a look at how discriminatory, how mean and hateful the left is toward the right or toward a black man like Clarence Thomas or any black conservative. I mean, you know, gay people and black people try to say that they've been discriminated against. And you ask them, look back at your life. If you were born in, in 1998, you know, you're that young. If you were born in 98, tell me how many times you've, you've been discriminated against or, you know, experienced racism in your life. And of course, they're the ones breaking the windows, tearing the statues down and talking about reparations. For what? They were never a victim. So it's this whole thing about equity versus equality. And that's exactly what they're doing with these, um, you know, I call it gaslighting, but that's exactly what they're doing with Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and, and uh, HBO Max and AMC Plus and, of course, Disney Plus. And all these different media outlets, right? And and that's what they're doing. They and you'd say, okay, how far can they go? Like, does it make any sense for Disney to actually come out in support of abortion when children are their you know are are their audience? That Mickey Mouse and Snow White are going to preach to you about abortion to a kid? That actually paid good, you know, their parents paid good money to get them into the Disney theater. And, you know, it just doesn't make any sense until you start to figure out the whole thing about globalism. And who owns these corporations, really? And why the media is towing the line for big corporations. And it's starting to come out that the corporations are the big... Big media is only, you know, they're, they're basically saying what they're paid to say by the big corporations that own them. So, you know, when we take a look at this whole thing about, you know, these people paying for abortions, 
you know, I'm I'm looking at this graphic here. And I said, I said this. I said, here's a partial list of corporations offering abortion-related benefits that help lower labor costs like maternity leave, family health insurance, and dental plans that include children. Let's face it. I mean, every, you know, a lot of children get braces, orthodontists. Teeth pulled, you know, baby teeth, whatever. Abscesses. You name it. But these corporations support open borders for the same type of exploitation and greed. They do. They want that slave labor. They want that cheap labor. So much, so much do these corporations want that cheap labor. So much. That you had 47 people die in a truck. It was supposed to have an air conditioning unit. They're smuggling these people across. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, just, it just makes me so angry what's going on there. And this isn't you know, fentanyl coming across the border. How about COVID coming across the border? How many people are getting murdered and slaughtered like the Indians with uh, European diseases and tuberculosis, like the Native American Indians, like, like all these things. This invasion of our country on our southern border is killing us, and it's breaking us financially. So why in the world does Biden and Mayorkas hate America so much? Or is it just that they are so bankrupt of moral and ethics that it's all about personal money for them. Haven't they gotten enough money? How many millions do you need, Joe Biden, before you could say, okay, America first. I've made my fortune illegally, but now it's time for me to give back to my country. Where is that in his fabric, in his whole being? Where is it? I mean, the guy is an absolute monster, madman. And somebody that you know hired him. And I have so many, you know, I've said this a thousand times. I have so many liberal friends. And they're decent people. But man, oh man, I can't get over the fact that they still support Joe Biden because they either hate Orange Man bad and mean tweets or they just want to win at all costs. They're not even thinking about the policies and they're not ever, ever able to admit that when they're wrong. You know, the thing that's great about Olympic sports is after you win or you lose, you shake hands and your arm gets raised or it doesn't. And you walk off with your, with your pride intact. Why in the world does politics change the behavior of people to where everything else in life, you can get along with these people just fine. And then all of a sudden it becomes politics. And, you know, I remember being raised and, uh, you know, I was told growing up, stay clear, you know, when you go to a, an important meeting or whatever, 
Stay clear of politics and, and religion and money. Stay clear of those. Why is it that politics is so volatile? But think about it. The same corporations that are sponsoring abortions, sponsoring abortions, like they're not like pro-choice, they're pro-abortion. And the same people that want to control the world's population, the same people that were supporting eugenics, you know, Margaret Sanger supported eugenics. Adolf Hitler supported eugenics. What do they have in common? They were all socialists. They were all um, tyrannical leaders that was were were you know, wanted utmost control and power. There's no difference, really, between Dr. Fauci and Adolf Hitler. Really, if you think about it. Except for the fact that Fauci, I think, likely killed more people than than Hitler did. It's possible. With the gain-of-function research, with the cover-up in China, the Wuhan thing, and now the monkeypox is coming out, all these weird experiments, this Frankenstein stuff. I mean, I'm not just making this up. It sounds like I am, but I'm not. All of this stuff's been written. It's been talked about for decades. This isn't anything new. I mean, I was listening to this uh, one one uh, real great thinker. I can't remember his name. It was back in the 80s. And he predicted everything that we're seeing now. I think it was maybe Carl Sagan. Yeah, Carl Sagan. But in any case, you know, these things... It's just it's just amazing. I'm I'm actually going to look that Carl Sagan up because it was it was one, something um uh right here. I think this is going to be it. Let's see. Well, you know what? Yeah. Oh, some of these aren't aren't really good clips to play, but uh uh, I saw this one clip by Carl Sagan. It was absolute, absolutely uh, eye-opening. And he was way, way ahead of its, his time. But it is, it is part of the globalist agenda. If you look, for example, at these companies, we got Levi Strauss, we got Hewlett-Packard, Salesforce, Starbucks, Dick's, Sporting Goods, Airbnb, Gap, Match Group, Yelp, Walt Disney, Citicorp, Bumble, Amazon, Tesla, Gucci, Paramount. There, our old buddy Elon Musk. Well, you know, got to credit the Scott Adams show for calling that one right now, right? I was one of the first ones to talk about Elon Musk, and nobody's really still talking about it. This whole Twitter thing was a ruse, and I think it was done in an election year on purpose. Just like Facebook banned me for 90 days uh, in an election year, heading into the election on purpose. And if you think about what the campaign donation value is on doing a 90-day ban on every conservative voice on Facebook, 
and you assess a, a dollar value to what that means from a political perspective, you're talking about billions of dollars in campaign donations for one party and one party only. And they, and Obama locked up Dinesh D'Souza for a couple, couple of grand too much he gave to a, a certain political campaign. And he violated a campaign. Um, it was a campaign viola- donation violation. And he did, what, almost a year in prison or something like that? He made a movie about it. But what I'm saying is the two standards of justice. And we're going to talk a little bit about J6 because John Eastman is getting fleeced just like Peter Navarro, just like uh, Steve Bannon. All these people that supported Trump are still being attacked by the FBI, the strong arm of the law. And the Department of Justice run by Merrick Garland, two standards of justice, not one. Otherwise, Hunter Biden would, would have been locked up by now, and so would Joe Biden and his brother Jim. But we got Patagonia, Zillow, Reddit, J.P. Morgan, Microsoft, oh, Bill Gates, you know, Alaska, Airlines, Netflix, Uber, and Lyft. So Uber and Lyft, they compete with each other, right? Wrong. They don't compete with each other. PayPal, American Express, Paramount Pictures, Warner Brothers, DoorDash, and, you know, a whole host of others that aren't even listed. This is just a partial list. Gucci. I can go on and on with these lists. And I'm telling you, this is a product of a monopoly in the world that we've been talking about for months. It's part of the globalist agenda. And sadly, this globalist agenda is leading to a new world order. Tucker, last night on his show, had a representative from Brazil. Brazil has like the largest economy in South America. And Bolsonaro and Trump got along famously. But because Bolsonaro decided to hold off on his congratulations to Joe Biden because he sensed there was a problem with election fraud in America, Joe Biden decided to punish Bolsonaro. So what did Bolsonaro do? He went and aligned himself with BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, BRICS. Look it up. Now, we've talked about this months ago, but it's still happening. This whole thing with Ukraine and Russia is, is basically a war against the globalists, the Klaus Schwab's and the World Economic Forum and the Tetros and the World Health Organization and the NATO uh, and you know all these different socialist globalists that basically have so much meanness in their hearts. Just look at what Trudeau did to the truckers in Ottawa. He ran over their faces with horses. You know, he supports abortions, but yet you have to get a jab in order to get that abortion. So, you know, he violates your body. He wants to violate your body with the vaccine, but he wants to allow you to have choice when it comes to killing babies. Sick. These people are sick. 
You know, they, they talk about the humanity of the southern border. But they, uh, they talk about the humanity of the southern border, but they, um, they end up resulting in killing 47 people, 46 people in a truck. That's just the latest. How many trucks where people have lost lives that have not been reported? How many? How many people almost lost their lives? How many? And there were 16 that were sent to the hospital. It was a huge tractor trailer. How many times is that happening? That's happening probably every day. And this was, this was exposure. And these people on these trucks get shipped to like Catholic charities. Then they get an air ticket and they get to fly to some town near you. And their vote will be illegal, but it'll be turned into a vote. That's the only reason why the Democrats are doing it. And that and, and the corporations are donating to the Democrat Party who's allowing it to happen because the corporations like the slave labor. They like the under-the-table market where they don't have to pay for family leave. They don't have to pay for maternity leave. They don't have to pay for health insurance. They don't have to pay for dental, which is, again, why it is that they actually support abortion. They'll fund abortion before they'll want to fund a family health care plan because it's so expensive. And corporations are doing this out of greed, but it's inhumane. It's coming at the expense of every American citizen. And they've chosen sides as a result of it. So I wrote, here is a partial list of corporations offering abortion-related benefits that help lower labor costs like maternity leave, family health insurance, and dental plans that include children. These corporations support open borders for the same type of exploitation and greed. And that's it. That's, that's what's going on there. And again, this gaslighting, you know, how many children, and then I think there's this equity thing going on where people are having abortions because they want abortions, not because uh, it's a choice, but because they actually almost want it. They're, almost, they're, they're saying, you know, you should see some of these signs of these protesters. I love abortions. I mean, they're just trying to be hurtful to the Christians, I guess. I don't know. But that's what they were saying. Stuff like that. Just insane rhetoric. And then you think about it, though, from a different perspective. And you think about it and you say, well, there was that guy that said, you know, they want more souls, I want less. And they laugh about it outside of the World Economic Forum. Like, Bill Gates, you know, advocated shrinking the world's population. And then you start to think about it from, like, another perspective. You know, obviously it's an attack on Christianity, which is you know, God over country. They want to replace God with government, right? We, we, we know all that. We've talked about all that. So I just assume we all know that. But I think there's another kind of equity going on. Almost like this, you know, you've heard of like, uh, 
you know, wh- uh, the question came up, uh, why are Jew- uh, most Jew- Jewish people liberal? And they call it survivor's guilt or something like that. I've heard that argument. And I think maybe something, something like that is happening, too, where uh, they've taken the whole LBGTQ concept. And at first, you know, they got their foot in the door with acceptance, tolerance. You know, uh, we're, nor- we're good people, too. Okay, great. All right, wonderful. You, 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 that's your sexual choice. I don't really care what you do behind closed doors. Just do it. Just whatever. It's not a big deal. But somehow they were trying to make it like, oh, well, we have phobia. There's a homophobia going on there. And of course, I think they made that up. I don't think there was that much phobia going on. People just don't really give two craps about what you do in your bedroom. You know, it's your business. Stay out of mine. But there's more going on here. And I think it has to do with equity. I think it has to do, this abortion thing has to do with people saying, you know, like a couple of ways I can go with this. You know how they're trying to say like men can have babies? And of course we know that's not true. I could almost see an implant or an injection of some sort where the first man who has a baby, right, they're going to try to scientifically rig it so they figure that out, right, and how to get a man to be pregnant and whatever. And then I wouldn't be surprised if a man goes into the hospital and gets the procedure that somehow makes him pregnant, right? I'm not a scientist, so I don't even know how they could do that, but... Okay, they'll figure it out. And then he has an abortion. Oh, the first man that have it had to have an abortion. Never mind the fact that he had to go uh, and uh, through somersaults to actually get himself into that state through surgery or whatever, implants or whatever, right? But then he'll be the first man to have an abortion. It's like a freak show out there. This stuff is really happening in our society. Stuff that people in the 40s and 50s would never dream of. They've bastardized so many different words. Even the word gay was actually not associated with gay the way it is today. You know, but I think there's an equity going on with respect to this abortion thing so that they could be more like their homosexual brethren. So the homosexuals can't have children and the abortion people don't have children. And so they're equal. Equity. You get it? I think there's a psychological thing going on there (coughs) that might be in play there. You can't doubt it. You've seen weirder, right? Jesse Smollett putting a noose around his his neck and pouring bleach on his head. It's pretty weird, too. So you, you can't not believe it because it's, you know. So I think there is a lot of that going on. I'm choking on a piece of, piece of dust. Um, but in any case, I think that's, that's part of it. But, you know, the thing is, is that these corporations, part of the globalist stream, 
are controlling everything we see and hear. They're controlling the politicians. They're controlling the open borders. All for greed. They get the slave labor. And with abortions, they, they get keep their health care costs lower. I think that's all in play. And, and then there's now, with the abortion thing, you're seeing the Democrats really reveal their racism because they should be picking on Alito, but they're not. They're picking on Clarence Thomas, and I don't really know why. Clarence Thomas is one of the greatest Supreme Court justices we've ever had, ever. I'd say next to Antonin Scalia, he's probably the best Supreme Court justice we've ever had. And one of the nicest people. Um, I have an opportunity. I might be be able to get to meet, be at an event where he's going to be. And of course, I'm going to be wanting to meet him. Uh, I'll probably be nervous and shaking. Yeah, he's one of those people that I just admire so much. But, you know, um, but it would be a great, uh, you know, when you look at uh, Clarence Thomas's history and where he came from, it's a pretty, pretty amazing American dream story, to say the least. So we're going to switch gears here. And one of the things about Clarence Thomas, this isn't quite switching gears yet, is Joe Biden wondering out loud if Clarence Thomas was playing the long game on abortion. Let's take a listen to this. Um, this is just a, a fairly, fairly short clip. Um, <clears throat> and then we got Tucker Carlson's interview with John Easton that we're going to play, uh, and we're going to switch gears toward J6 and the imbalance of justice because we have two standards of justice in America today, which is sort of like you know any third world country would do. Leave it to the Democrats. If I wanted to make my point known on Roe, why would I have complimented, for any reasons other than I stated, this splendid application of natural law by Lou Lehrman and Lehrman Hall of the Heritage Foundation, and then never again mention abortion? Is it that this man nine years ago thought, I want to get to the Supreme Court, and I better not say anything? I mean, could he have been that... um, uh, 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 how can I say it, optimistic about his future? It doesn't seem clear because he's very explicit about other things he says. Mm-hmm. He's very explicit when he talks about issues relating to affirmative action. He doesn't mince words when his speeches. He's very explicit about the privilege and immunity clause. He doesn't mince words. And I am in a quandary, a sincere quandary, as to why if he meant, if these, if these phrases were as 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 troublesome as they could be from my perspective, why he didn't, I mean, the only thing he said, not the only thing, one of the things he said to me was, to us, was, look, if I meant to say it, I'd say it. He said it other places. I don't know whether that is compelling, but at least it has me thinking, and I wondered, and I just, I got to yield now to my colleague. There's nothing worse than the dumbest guy in the room, which would be Joe Biden, in just about any room in America. There's nothing worse than the dumbest guy in the room who plagiarized his way through law school and who lies repeatedly about his academic record, about his um, teaching record, about every single thing he's done, 
and he sits there with a smug attitude, with his racist behavior, with his arrogance, with his criminal behavior, with his entitlements and his privileges. I mean, literally, I just want to wipe that smirk off his face. Now, that's going back in time, so it's not back to the future. I can't do it. But in any case, that was way back, you know, when Clarence Thomas was getting confirmed. But his arrogance, he thinks he's so smart, and he's always been that way. He's the biggest corrupt uh, senator that I think the world has ever seen. And he's a moron to boot. I mean, an absolute moron. And his children are a product of his moronic behavior. Or not just moronic behavior, but sinister behavior. Because if you read the diary of his daughter, they took showers together. That's what was said in the diary. And it was, she, she said in the diary she thought it was inappropriate. And then she grew up to be a sex addict, a drug addict. And, you know, you look at Hunter, and he has, like, no teeth. You know, he's got fake teeth because the crack ate his bones away in his teeth. And he has a pension for, he's a sex addict, and he has, you know, just the same thing as the sister, but different. And he runs the crime family, the Biden crime family. His brother is bankrupt of any morals and ethics. I mean, there are some senators and congressmen that have true integrity, just like there are judges that, you know, live their life setting examples of what what to be and how to be. And then you got people like Joe Biden and Bill Clinton and every, you know a lot of other liberals too, like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, her husband, Paul, look at that. He gets a DUI driving his Porsche and nobody wants, to, nobody's, you know, they cover it up. The media covers it up. Just like the media covered up for JFK's womanizing. Just like the media covered up FDR's handicap. But they never do that for a conservative, ever. It's been going on for decades and decades. We just didn't know about it 50, 60 years ago. Not as much. It was done differently because, you know, the whole media apparatus was different. But now it's just so apparent and obvious. And what's going to end up happening is with these corporations choosing sides like abortion, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for conservative corporations to come out and, you know, like a Hobby Lobby kind of deal. But what's that going to do to America? It's going to segregate us. Just like the social media. You know, Twitter and Facebook couldn't deliver on their promises that they made to have a free and fair community where everybody gets to say what they feel. And instead they chose sides and translated it and transformed it into a political donation uh, for the one party over another. And it's basically rigging elections because it's campaign finance fraud. You know what Facebook is getting away with. And of course the Democrats are in power. So, you know, naturally they're in power for what reason? Why are the Democrats in power? 
because they had Facebook and Twitter going to bat for them and the big tech media and the globalists and BlackRock. And so naturally the Democrats have an unfair advantage and they get power. Then they never ever put out the fire. The They never solve the problem because the problem keeps perpetuating a vicious cycle of them getting back their power. And so long as they're in power, they can give the gravy train back to the people that put them in power. And it never, ever stops. And I dare say there was times when the Republican Party had their opportunity and they squandered it with their own fraud. Dennis Haster comes to mind. You know, playing with underaged boys. You know, and he was the Speaker of the House and set a poor example. And you can go on from there. But we missed opportunities. You know, Paul Ryan was a missed opportunity. Boehner, Mitch McConnell, you know, all of these missed opportunities. They make all these promises when they're the minority. And then they finally get the guy in the White House that can really push the ball into the touchdown, you know, score some touchdowns. And they come up with every excuse under the sun why it is that they can't score. You know, it's rigged. It's got to be. So if you haven't heard this clip by now, let's take a listen. This is Joe Biden, same moron that you heard back when he was a racist against Clarence Thomas's confirmation. Um, But he's still a racist now. But now we're going to listen to this new voicemail. Now he's a corrupt racist. The big guy was definitely involved in Hunter Biden's deals. Of course, leave it to the Biden stupidity crime family to put their crackhead son as the tip of the spear meddling in world worldly business involving America's biggest adversaries selling America out every single step of the way. Let's take a listen. Hey, pal, it's Dad. It's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Not, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in time. It's good. I think it's clear. Josh Boswell is a senior reporter at the Daily Mail, and he is the one who released the audio, and he's here now. All right, so Josh, this obviously blows up the whole um, plausible deniability that the Biden family traffics in. Um, Where do you think the story goes now from here? Well, I think this is a really important revelation that we have. It's coming right from the president's mouth. And I think that it's almost more important what wasn't said, right? It it wasn't a phone call from Joe Biden to his son saying, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm reading about deals with uh, corrupt criminal Chinese businessmen. Uh, What's going on? It's you're in the clear, right? He clearly knew what was going on. Now, I think what should happen is that the White House and Joe Biden himself should talk about this. They should tell the American public what really went on. When I asked the White House, they declined to comment on this, and they've been stonewalling the whole way. And of course, the background to this is that this, this is not the first piece of evidence we've got to suggest that Joe Biden knew what Hunter was doing and discussed his business dealings with his son. There are countless other instances, a really good one, 
is um, a piece of evidence here is 2015 Joe goes to a dinner in DC with Hunter's business partners and business associates um, the White House then says that uh, Joe didn't go to that but when photos emerge of him there they they uh, do a u-turn and they say oh well it was only a brief meeting um, there are countless examples like this where it's clear that Joe knew what Hunter was doing and had discussed it with his son um, I, I think we really need some transparency now from the White House on this. Yeah, the big lie is that Joe claimed he didn't know anything that Hunter was doing. That's the truth. Thank you so much. To yep, that is a big lie. It truly is. And, you know, and it's why we are in the predicament that we're in. Because the corruption is getting rewarded. Like, you know, election rigging. You know, if it works, you're going to do it again. And again and again. And the Democrats are never going to want to solve the problem of election rigging because they're the, they're the ones perpetrating it. And they're the ones, they're the fox guarding the hen house. And they're the ones that benefit from it. And then in order to keep everybody silent, they got to pay everybody off. And the way they do that is to stay in power. You know, the question would be where in the world is all this money going? You know, all the millions and billions it's got to be like a tax fraud right i mean where where is this money in their irs statements of course they're not declaring this money how could they declare it they would have to explain how they got it and what they're doing with it so i mean maybe hunter is but you know the other question is why is hunter broke right why is he broke like he has to borrow money because somehow this money is tied up somehow. But they're getting the money. And it's it's in an offshore account. You know, I, I don't really know all the details of where the money is. But there's got to be, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. You know, there's got to be. So... It leads to a corrupt government, corrupt Justice Department, corrupt FBI, corrupt everything. Let's take a listen to John, this John Eastman, who is basically uh, a chief of, uh, uh, well, it was, he's basically, uh, he was an attorney for the Trump, Trump administration, John Eastman, who was, you know, basically uh was violated by an illegal search and seizure by the FBI. And he's an attorney. And he's going to sue them. I think that this is going to be one big, huge mistake that the Biden administration made. Because the J6 is all about trying to prevent Trump from running again because they are pooping their pants when it comes to Trump running for 2024. That's what they're doing. Um, but in any case, let's take a listen to this. The January 6th committee has nothing to do with January 6th. The point of it is to punish the political opponents of the Biden administration and to make certain Donald Trump doesn't run again. And they're doing it with the assistance of the so-called Justice Department as run by Joe Biden. So already the committee, speaking of Stalinist overreach, has had Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro arrested, neither of whom committed any crime. They've also had the Fed search the home of a former DOJ official called Jeffrey Clark, who we spoke to last week. And then on Wednesday, the FBI showed up to seize the phone of a former Trump attorney called John Eastman. 
Now, critically and illegally, they seized his phone before they presented him with a warrant, and it's on tape. Watch. So go ahead and put your arms off for me. Can I see put the warrant? Your, so put your arms off for me. Can I see the warrant, please? I'd like to see the warrant. I'd like to see the warrant. I'd like to see the warrant. Can I see the warrant, sir? I'd like to see the warrant before you take my property. So there's a warrant right now, sir. I want you to see that they took my property before providing me with the warrant. I'd like to read the warrant. Disgraceful. Wearing his little mask. Put your hands up as if Eastman is a threat. He's not. He's a lawyer. As you just saw, he's under subpoena from the, speaking of illegitimate, wholly illegitimate, Pelosi, Liz Cheney-led January 6th committee. Mr. Eastman joins us tonight. John Eastman, thank you so much for joining us tonight. What exactly did you do wrong to be treated like a dangerous criminal by your government that you pay for? Well, we don't know because the warrant doesn't say. It authorizes them to seize my phone and all the information uh, contained in the phone. But there's no indication of, uh, of, of any crime that this is connected to. Um, that's apparently in an, attach, in an affidavit, but the affidavit wasn't attached to the warrant. The Fourth Amendment's very clear here. Uh, when they search and seize your property, they have to give a particular description of the things to be seized. And, and saying it's identified in the affidavit, if they don't attach the affidavit, doesn't qualify. The courts have been very clear about that. So this, this warrant is invalid on its face. Um, but more importantly, and I, and I think this is extremely important, the, the authority to seize all of my information in modern, modern smartphones, that's access to all my private financial records. I'm an attorney. It's access to all my privileged communications with nearly 100 different clients that I have currently. All, this stuff, this stuff uh, is what we used to call a general warrant that the British king issued to just go rummage through somebody's belongings to see if they could find evidence of some crime. The very reason we have the Fourth Amendment is to prevent that kind of abuse, and yet that's what they're doing here. And it's just another reminder to anyone who didn't vote for Joe Biden to erase your texts and emails every single day. And that is a sincere piece of advice I hope everyone follows. But they haven't charged you with a crime. They've given you no evidence that they're going to charge you with a crime. But they treat you like a drug kingpin or a rapist and seize your phone. It, is this legal? Well, and I don't think so. And uh, they forced me in the position. Look, I, as an attorney, I have ethical obligations to do everything I can to protect the privileged communications with my clients. So we will be filing a, a, a motion, it's called a Rule 41 motion, to retrieve my phone, to retrieve any information they've taken off of that phone that they have illegally seized from me. Uh, and we'll be doing that uh, in, yeah. in short order. But, but, you know, what they're doing, the other thing they're doing is they're forcing those of us that, you know, don't bow the knee to the Biden administration to rack up hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees trying to protect our constitutional rights and those of our clients. So let me, let me ask people, givesendgo.com slash Eastman, help us, help us fight. Yeah, so that's, that's that. And, you know, uh, Tucker, the reason why he's in Brazil, and that's what you can hear in the background is the ocean. Uh, he's in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, is because he's going to be doing, you know, South America, Venezuela, Colombia, um, and now Chile. Uh, Chile's become very radically socialist. And so all these large economies in South America hate America. They, they, they are not big fans of Americans.
And I actually know some very, you know, hardcore liberals that moved to Chile. They like it because it suits them because it's socialism. But in any case, what what it is is uh, Brazil. So we had a great relationship under Trump with Brazil because Trump understood how important it was for South America's largest economy, a country with over 200 million people, to be a partner and ally to America. And Joe Biden, because Bolsonaro didn't endorse, you know, didn't congratulate him in a timely way, uh, he decided he's going to maybe punish Bolsonaro. And so Bolsonaro does the next best thing, probably maybe the best thing for them, but not good for America, and aligns himself with BRICS. And BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South, uh, South Africa. So when you take a look at that thing, that, that conglomerate there, they're going to change the currency. They're going to move away from the dollar. They're going to have their own trade. They're going to have their own NATO. They're going to have their no own military alliance. We've lost it. That is absolutely huge. And it's a, it's, a, it's a disaster for America. Leave it to Joe Biden to screw that up too. Like he did Afghanistan, like he did with Ukraine and Russia, which easily could have been avoided. And this green initiative and everything else in between, Putin is right in a lot of ways for preemptively striking the globalists that are destroying the world right now. And that's the sad truth. That war in Ukraine is two unlikable characters. Zelensky, a criminal globalist, and someone like Vladimir Putin, who is a criminal thug who wants to take Russia back to the czar days. And both are not agreeable with me, but I could certainly understand where Russia and Putin are coming from with regard to their preemptive, you know, push against globalism, because I think globalism is the more evil of the two. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org to find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you go to mypillow.com, be sure to use Red State as your promo code. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.